welcome to this second episode of Come Let Us Reason Together. All right, give it up, give it up. So, as mentioned last week, my name is uh, Sean Allen, and I am joined by the awesome <laughs> Alvin Hall. There he is, Alvin Hall. <laughs> so, mine is the awesome part. Oh, no, no. <laughs> he said, mine is the awesome part. Okay, amazing, amazing. How about that one? I almost simply say it's just Alvin. <laughs> just simply Alvin. Amen. Okay. Amen, amen. And we're also joined by our, also, our awesome, I know he won't mind being called awesome, our awesome Uh-oh. engineer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give it up for our engineer, Miles Dixon, as he's with us. And so once again, we're going to go ahead and get started with our show. This is our second show. Okay, so man, praise God, praise praise God, praise God. So we're rolling along. If you're out there looking, please just check us out on Godcastic and Podcastic. Like, subscribe, just check us out. And so shout out to them for giving us the platform once again. And so, uh, so we're gonna get this thing cracking because uh, as we uh, gave our introduced our introduction episode last week, so we definitely recommend that you guys go check that out so you guys can uh, get an idea of who and what we are and why we're doing uh, this endeavor and what we hope to accomplish in this endeavor. And so we're going to uh, kick this off in a way because we're going to talk about some some things that. Um, let, let me say this real quick before I go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Have you ever heard of the term? Uh, and I heard my pastor call it this. He called it cultural osmosis. Okay. Cultural osmosis. Yes. I've never heard the term. I've heard the two words, but not, not, not that I can. Yeah, not that I have ever heard them together. Right. Okay. Well, let me give an example of something, and I'm gonna pose it as a question. Right. If I was to ask you, what was the name of the monster that walks like this, and he got bolts on his neck? And not Her- not Herman Monster from the TV show, mm-hmm. but what was the name of that monster? What was that monster's name? Man, why you, you Alvin Hall? <laughs> no, besides, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about um, the, the Frankenstein. Guy? Okay, is that his name? Um, well, he's a creation of Doctor Frankenstein. Boom! Because when you find out, actually, because see, he doesn't have a name. Boom! He doesn't have a name, but we've been told by association or cultural osmosis that basically that that is this his Frankenstein. Name. That right, is yeah, Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Right. But when you go back to the and I'm, I'm setting this up like this for a reason. When you go back to the source material, the original source material, you actually find out that his name is not Frankenstein. Right. He's just Frankenstein's, Frankenstein's monster, monster or okay? creation. Right. Or creation. Exactly. Right. right. So the the monster never had a name, but over time, because we started to associate the name with the monster, we just kind of conjoined the two, and we basically created an ideology that says that's his name. Whenever that's, we Frankenstein. Him, that's, right. Frankenstein. that's Frankenstein, right. that's Frankenstein. So I bring that up in the topic that we're going to discuss today, because I think in this topic that there has been a lot of quote unquote cultural osmosis on how the the terminology has been applied, but we miss the context of what Scripture says in its original sense, and I think it because of that, right? We 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 miss out on what God is really saying in that sense because we've taken these two terms uh, that we're going to discuss and, and, I'll, and I'll, I'm gonna pass it over to you so you can basically lay the bridge from there and then we'll we'll go to our scripture references right but I think that this is one of those terminologies uh, that that kind of suffers from this a little bit okay okay and, uh, and 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 in it because I think we miss out on a rich opportunity to see God move as far as like our congregational order is concerned if that makes sense so yeah so so that's what we want to do today we want to kind of correct that from the cultural osmosis perspective that's why i wanted to throw that out there in in essence so all right all right so hopefully that made sense no it did make sense i mean i'm, <laughs> I, I'm sure i and, and, and most everyone else understood exactly the point that you were trying to make and and probably have experienced 
that to some degree in their own personal lives. Just the prime example of Frankenstein being mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, you asked me what was his name, and I said, you know, Frankenstein's monster. Well, but then I thought about it. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, Frankenstein's monster never really had a name. Exactly. We just named him that, and because of our our you know experiences with him, mm-hmm. and and not him, but the movie and the films and everything, yes. we it's just become adopted that we identify him as Frankenstein. As Frankenstein, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that, that makes good sense. Let's open up in a word of prayer. Go right ahead, sir. Um, mm-hmm. Father, we come now in the name of Jesus first to say thank you, Lord. Yes. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity to be able to come together, uh, to have life in our bodies, Lord God, and to be able to say thank you, Lord God, yes, to look out and, and to see all that you have done and are doing in our lives and just give you the appreciation and the glory that you're worthy of. Bless us now, Father, as we go forward, Father, to um, look at your word. Give us, uh, as we humble ourselves, Lord, give us insight, foresight, spiritual sight. Uh, give us truth without error. And, Lord, we just thank you for it, that your name be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. So, you know, what we're going to be doing today is looking at a a subject entitled Loosing and Binding. Binding Binding and and Loosing. Right. (laughs) Um, I'm sure that many of you um, have heard those terms, binding and loosing. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and probably have even participated yourself, uh, if you're a Christian, in some binding and loosing. Mm-hmm. And so our, our uh, objective today is to ask the question, is binding and loosing biblical? Mm. Mm. So now, now let's ask this question, though. Um, because usually when you hear those terminologies and correct me if I'm wrong, usually when you hear those terminologies, you usually hear those terminologies in a format of either a prayer or something like that, where we trying to bind or loose the devil. Right. Well, naturally, I mean, whenever usually, usually when you see someone binding or loosing. Yes. It's it's always in a verbal connotation. Yes. Right. I, I've never seen anyone, you know. And it's possible that, you know, I've never seen someone walking around burning sage. Mm-hmm. I'm binding and loosing, right. you know. Um, <laughs> but it's possible, right? I mean, you know, some folks consider burning sage a way to release, you know, positive vibes, right? So right. in some sense, that might be a kind of loosing in their mindset, right? Right. Um, but, yeah, usually when, when individuals um, are participating in this practice of binding and loosing, mm-hmm. it's in some form of verbal uh, uh, um, uh, action or interaction or, yes. or, or jargon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? We, we got to step t- uh, back up a second. Yes. Um, because we, we want to preface all of our broadcasts mm-hmm. um, uh, in light of biblical, a biblical position that we're taking. So when, no matter what subject or topic we discuss, yes. we want to have and approach every subject and topic from this mindset, mm-hmm. and Bishop is going, Sean is going, <laughs> he's going to give you um, the foundational uh, scriptures that we're going to be approaching these podcasts and yes. discussions from. Yes, because we had a discussion on that. And let me read the scripture reference here. We're going to go to Second Timothy, 
uh, chapter two, starting at verse fifteen, and I and I put this in the uh, NSA um, NS. In ASB translation, I'm sorry, forgive me. Uh, I like how it reads in the NASB. But it says, be diligent to present yourself. And this is starting at verse 15. Be mm-hmm. diligent to present yourself approved to God as a worker who does not need to be ashamed. Accurately, keyword accurately, handling the word of truth. Uh, so we want to always preface it with that. And I actually could go a little further in verse 16 and say, but avoid worldly and empty chatter, for it will lead to further ungodliness. And their talk will spread like gangrene. But our, our, our primary focus is on that text. So yes. mm-hmm. when we come, we by no means are um, presenting ourselves as uh, scholars. Yes. Uh, we, we are presenting ourselves as uh, men who love God's word. Mm hmm. And who have in our own individual um, lives have made determinations to God to to do our best to rightly divide his yeah, word. Exactly. And and so that's how we're approaching this broadcast. Yes. Uh, the, the the King James quotes it. And if I might quote, he says, sure. study to show thyself approved unto God, mm-hmm. a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. And and so that's what our attempt is going to be here in, in this podcast series. Exactly. And then with that, we want to hop over one more <laughs> chapter to uh, to uh, to reinforce that. Uh, it says here in chapter three of Second Timothy, uh, starting at verse 16, and again, coming from the uh, NASB, it says all scripture is inspired or God breathed or inspired by God and beneficial. And I want to I want you to really pay attention to these terms and it's beneficial for teaching, for rebuke, for correction and for training in righteousness so that the man or woman of God may be fully capable, equipped for every good work. Amen. So when you look at words like like uh, those, especially those, to me, those are very key and powerful words. Not only are we saying that it is inspired or originated in God, but in it, the word of God in and of itself is for teaching. OK, right. we say it's good for rebuke and it's good for correction and training. So usually like, and you know, we're both soldiers, you know, so usually when we hear such words, you know, we think of like what? An SOP. Right. Right. Standard Stand operation procedure. Exactly. Right. So we think of an SOP. And so everything that we do as soldiers is going to be guaranteed, you know, it's going to be uh, governed by some kind of rule or it's going to be in written form. It's going to be guidelines. Exactly. Exactly. So that's what we're we're doing also is that we want to make sure that anything that we say, because. We can come from our, the level of our experiences if we wanted to, but even our experiences and things of that nature has to be checked along with what the word of God says. Absolutely. And so, you know, so it's not my place to say that my experience trumps the word of God, which you see a lot of that in a lot of churches and, nowadays. And and you know what, man, I, I mean to call you because we were, we were on the phone. Sean called me the other day. He's like, man, I just got to run something by you real quick. We're not going to be long. An hour and a half later. He's <laughs> basically. <laughs> As always. Right. Uh, um, esoteric. Yes. Oh, good. So we were talking about experiences, right? Mm-hmm. And And I was you know, trying to explain and come up with this word that tells us that, you know, we can have, you know, our experiences and yes. our experiences are valid, but we don't want to build doctrine simply based on our experiences Amen. because the word I was Amen. looking for was esoteric. Yes. Our experiences are esoteric. Yes. They, they are out, uh, outward showing, yes. right? Mm-hmm. But the word of God, our outward experience, the esoteric has to line up with the 
Word of God. Amen. And I don't care how powerful an esoteric experience you have is. Mm-hmm. If you have ever have an esoteric experience and it contradicts the Word of God, you need to really look at mm-hmm. where that came from because it's not from God. Exactly. Exactly. And, 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 and as a matter of fact, it's funny. If I can preface this, maybe we can go straight <clears throat> to our topic. Um, I actually just heard a preacher, and I was trying to find that video so I can send it to you so they can reinforce what we're talking about right now before we, uh, before we go into this next topic. But I literally was listening to this preacher. I can't think of his name. But, but you've heard me say in a conversation before that it's unfortunate that a lot of people look at the Word of God as if it's like God keeping us within a, uh, within a box. Okay, Mm -hmm. but really the word of God is defense that God has hedged around us. All right. So that he would know that he would what he needs us to experience. How are we supposed to? It's it's, it's basically the 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 plumb line, if you will, of all everything that we we measure all our experiences by. And so with that being said, I was listening to a preacher who actually said the exact opposite. Okay, and he was like, well, you know, he said uh, basically, and I don't want to embellish too much what he said, but basically the essence or the thought of what he was saying was, was that, you know, Mm. uh, people like us who try to esteem the word of God on this level that we're trying to champion. Mm -hmm. We were called and I shared the word with you. We are Mm -hmm. called by by (laughs) bolliters. okay, or people that make the Bible an an, an An idol. idol. okay, and nothing could be further from the truth. Absolutely. okay. and so he said, but he's like, you know, y'all so worried about what the doctrine says and what this says and what they say, but you know, but you're not taking into account what this says here and what's going on in your heart and what's going on in your feelings. Well, to me, that's a huge red flag because the Bible says that the heart, this thing in here is desperately wicked. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I know even on my best of days, okay, that anything that comes from my emotional well-being is going to be tainted by sin, by sin. So for me, it can't be the final court of arbitration on anything because it's always going to have a slant or a dissonance that's going to appeal to my sin. nature. Always. You know what I mean? (laughs) But when, like you said, I love how you explained the term esoteric. Right. And because, you know, it deals with the outer. And then we have something even beyond the outer, if you will, if I'm saying this correctly, that we can measure that again. Absolutely. And that's the word of God. Absolutely. And, and and if the word of God doesn't, you know, where the word of God speaks, we speak. Where the word of God is silent, silent. we stay silent. silent. Right. But in saying that, we we esteem the word of God as the final court of authority. If you say you walk in accordance to this worldview, if you say that you are, you know, blood bought, blood stained Christian, whatever term you want to use, Holy Ghost field, whatever term you want to use. Mm-hmm. If you say that you are whatever that title is you want to give yourself in conjunction to what the word of God has called you to be, then then it's not even up for a debate that the word of God has to be the, the final court of uh, the final court of arbitration. Yes. Period. That's period. the standard. Yes. So we say that to say that for anybody that's listening or anybody that want to call in and have discussions that is always going to be the premise of where we come from we will hear experiences we even have experiences ourselves but we will test those things in light of what the word of god says you know there's a there is a um a saying and i believe it's been attributed to augustine mm-hmm. um forgive me if i'm wrong if someone has it if it's from someone else please call in and let us know but um, Hank Kennegraff is, yes. is noted for saying this, right? He said right. that for, for the saints, yes. that in the essentials, essentials. Mm-hmm. we must have unity. Mm-hmm. In the non-essentials, we can have liberty. Yes. But in all things, we must have charity. Charity, that's correct. So there's some, there's some plain and some main and plain things that, that Scripture is just clear on, mm-hmm. right? Jesus Christ is God. Yes. That's an essential. Yes. Right. Um, 
the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's an essential. That's an essential. Those are things we have to agree on. The Holy yes. Spirit's divinity yes. is an essential. Exactly. Um, whether or not I worship on Saturday or Sunday. We can have discussion on that. It's a non-essential. Yes, a non-essential. Right. So, exactly. you know, we, we, we can debate that, mm-hmm. but we don't have to divide over it. Exactly. You know, and so, but regardless, you, if you land on one side of the fence on a non-essential and I land on the another side of the fence on a non-essential, we ought to love one another in Christ, because exactly. this is what Scripture says. This is how all men shall know that you are my disciples. That you have love. By the love you have one mm-hmm. for another. Amen. And so, you know, we, we want to have some good dialogue. We want to have some good discussions. We, we're welcoming folks to call in and, and, and communicate your, your stance or position on a matter. Um, but let's do it in love. Let's do it in love. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, our, 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 our engineer, man, he's, he's good with that. He got a quick trigger finger. Oh, he is a quick on that. Yeah. <laughs> he quick. That's <laughs> a quick draw with that. <laughs> so that. Amen. So with that being said, so y'all understand the premise that we're coming from, let's get into this topic of binding. And let me give you, let, let me give this phone number too. So oh, if yes, you want to, please, you want to call into uh, the, the podcast today, you can call in on um, 248-854-9850. That, that's good. 248 248- Eight five four nine eight five zero to be on the air with Sean and Alvin. Yes, and we're talking about binding, binding and loosing. loosing. Binding and loosing. All right, so we're going to go over some scripture today. Sure. Right? Okay. Um, but go go ahead. What, what's what's your take initially? And I'm going to give me a quick synopsis on you know how I look at binding and loosing. What what's been your experience with binding and loosing? <laughs> well, let me start with the uh, the uh, the. Uh, the early years, if I can say it like okay, that, right. okay, you know, and uh, and whenever I, I always heard binding and loosing, you know, I was always attributed it to uh, to uh, to uh, dealing with uh, demonic activity, you know, because you always heard people pray like, uh, you know. We bind you, Satan. You know right, what I mean. Right, we right, bind right. you in the name of Jesus. Or, or when somebody's like in, a, in, in, you know, in, in, you know, going through something, you know, loose that man and let him go. You know, type stuff. You know, <laughs> right, what I mean? right, right, right. And so, and so then, you know, uh, the running joke with that is, is that then it becomes a matter of like, okay, well, one minute you're binding him, and now the next minute you're you, loosing you them. Come on now. You know what I mean? And then, you know, and I told you before the joke one time before, it's like it's almost like you got to call the other church. Like, did y'all bind them today, or did y'all loosen them today? Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> we just we we just gotta get this thing. Straight, yeah, we don't yeah. want to lose him if you were already loose, yeah, we don't yeah. want to bind him if you're already bind him. Exactly. So, <laughs> <coughs> excuse me. So that was my early years and all of that. Right. And, 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 you know, and I was one of those guys in the early years that, yeah, I've prayed those prayers. Okay. I, me too. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I prayed those prayers. Now, while, let me say this as a bit of a disclaimer. Now, while it is not uncommon or it doesn't lack, a, is not a lack of common sense to say in the sense of a prayer, Lord, bind the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the ways and the works of the enemy, you know, whatever the case is. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Because we're asking God to hedge us about, right? right? We're asking God for his protection, and I think that lines up with, you know, uh, uh, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, okay? You know, it's right. Like, and, yeah, it's, from that context of that, of yeah. the Lord's prayer. Yes. So, so in that... The yeah, disciples' it, prayer. Yeah, the disciples' prayer, exactly. So in that sense, right, we, uh, we, we, we acknowledge that such a prayer in and of itself, just in that context, you know, that's not anything in, uh, uh, devoid of... of, of, of of context. But in this sense, what we're talking about is, and as, as Brother Alvin give us the scriptures that we're going to talk about, I had to learn that binding and loosening was something totally, totally uh, contrary to what I was thinking. And I'll even go on record to say this. 
I think that if we adhere to what the Lord was really saying in the principles of binding and loosing and how we're going to explain it today, I think a lot of, I mean, look, there's no such thing as a perfect church. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, let's be honest on that. As a matter of fact, my joke for that is if it was a perfect church. Don't you join it. Yeah, you don't you join it because it got messed up when you walked in through the door. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. All right. Absolutely. So, so, but I will go on record to say that if we uh, had a better sense of application and practicality to the idea of bonding and losing, I think a lot of the issues that we see in modern churches wouldn't be as prolific as they are. I, I don't even, I think not just the modern church, because you got to understand the modern church is made up of modern people. Yes. And so when we say the church, we're talking about, you know, we, we, we typically look at the church from the standpoint of this building where people go. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus said, and we're going to deal with this scripture today, that Upon this rock, I build my church. He wasn't right. talking about buildings. He wasn't no. talking about edifice. He was talking about individuals who have been housed, seated, and established with the Holy Spirit yes. dwelling on the inside of them. Uh-huh. Right? And so you, you, when you say, I agree with you, that if they had a better concept of what these scriptures really were saying, then the church itself, you, me, all of us, all of us. Would, would experience, would have fewer experiences with um, catastrophe or, you know, lack of being able to deal with a catastrophe. Right. Catastrophe. Um, we'd be able to deal with things better, just to say it simply. Yes. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, so even like you, man, growing up, you know, young, I, I, I've been experienced, I've experienced the binding and loosening. And I'm, you know, it sounded good. Right. Because it sounded powerful. Yes. Who, who wouldn't want their enemy <laughs> to be bound up and, and, and get off me, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what it sounds like. It sounds like there is such a, 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 a sense of liberation and strength mm-hmm. and domination over the enemy. And all I have to do is say these magical words. Satan, I bind you. Exactly. Demon, I bind you. Fear, I bind you. Mm-hmm. And voila. That's <laughs> just Shazam. Man, I wish it was just that simple. <laughs> yeah, it really was. But, then, but the problem with that is, is experience mm-hmm. would teach you that it's not. Exactly. It, it doesn't work that way, No, right? it doesn't work that way at all. And so we're going to look at some of the scriptures that are used. Because as you, if you can't tell... Um, we, you know, we're, we're our position and the Bible's position on binding and loosing is that one, the way it's taught today, it's not biblical. That's correct. Christians do not have the authority or power from from the Bible or from God to bind Satan. Right. Uh, you you gave an example, right? And I, and, I, and I'm not, and we by no means, please do not take this as we laugh and we joke, but it's a serious, serious matter. Serious, yes. Because spiritual warfare. Is something that is in effect today and will yes. continue to be in effect until Christ comes back and, and, and um, sets up his his uh, millennial kingdom and, and thereon. But so so we, we, we really don't take this lightly. lightly no. Um, and so please don't we, we, we're not, you know, want to castigate anybody right. or, you know, or, or demean anybody. It's not that at all. Um, but, you know, we do, you know. Come on, lighten up. Yeah, you know, lighten up a little and, bit. Right, yeah, just lighten, lighten up. Just lighten up. Just lighten up. <clears throat> it's all up. done in love. Yes. So with that being said, um, I have someone that, that I've heard over years, and even before I really took time to really get into the Scripture and study this, I would hear a person say, Satan, we bind you to the pits of hell, never to return no more. 
If it was only that simple. But anyway, yeah, but a Verde prayer. But this, but this was the, the yes. ironic thing, right? Because mm-hmm. I would hear this person pray this every week. Right. And then all of a sudden I'm listening and I'm saying to myself, well, you just prayed that last week. How did he get out of hell? <laughs> if, if you bound him last Sunday. Right. Who let him out and when? Was it Monday? <laughs> Was it Tuesday? Satan has got to be the greatest escape artist in the history of all beings. He's Houdini. Because not only are you praying, <laughs> yeah. dude, not only are you praying, bind, I bind you, Satan, but Christians all over the world are praying. Uh, are praying. I bind you, Satan, right. or I bind you, demon, uh-huh. and they keep getting loose. Now, to me, that's either saying that the God that I serve is incapable of doing what you, you know, because I'm yeah. still thinking that you ask me. Right? You, right. know, you ask him and you based in this on the word, uh-huh. or either something wrong with your prayer. <laughs> <laughs> I can't argue that. <laughs> I can't argue that. Amen. That's all I can say. Amen to that. That's all I can say. Dude. So, so we, we began to look at, and I began to study, you began to study. And so yes. we, we have searched the scriptures, and we want to communicate for you, mm-hmm. our audience, what the Bible says about binding and loosing. And we want to look at these scriptures real quick because we, we only have an hour broadcast. Yeah, exactly. We done took up about 35 minutes of that. <laughs> we'll get better, y'all. Amen. Amen. And so we, we, we want to we look at these scriptures. So we're going to read through um, a couple of scriptures right quick. First, we're going to read through um, uh, Matthew 16. Okay. And we're going to start at, uh, I'm going to have Sean read those for me real quick. Sean, mm-hmm. Matthew 16, um, beginning from verse 13 to verse 19. Uh, starting at 13. Okay. All right. Let's see. So it reads as follows. Uh, it says 16 at, Matthew 16 and 13, starting at 13, right? Yes. Okay. Now, when Jesus <coughs> came into, and this is the uh, New American Standard again, people. Now, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist and others, Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And he said to them, but who do you yourselves say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. All right. So go to, along with that, Mm -hmm. go to Matthew 18. And we're going to start at verse 15. Matthew 18, starting at verse 15. Okay. And it reads as follows. Now, if your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen to you, take one or two more with you, so that on the testimony of two or three witnesses, every matter may be confirmed. And if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if you refuse to listen to even the church, he is to be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. Okay. now I want to do one more scripture. Yes. Um, We're going to look at we're going to look at Matthew 12, um, 28, 29. But I want to read. Go to go to John chapter 20. 
Okay, John 20. Because the, the same kind of wording is used um, in John that it is in, uh, in here in Matthew. Uh, John 20, which verse? Uh, start at verse 19. We're going to read to verse 23. Verse 23, okay, 19 and 23. Now, when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut where the disciples were together due to the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be to you. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be to you, just as the Father has sent me, I send you, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and he said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. And that's okay. the new American standard. Amen. <clears throat> All right, so um, let's read Matthew 12 real quick, too. Okay. We don't, we're just going to get the reading of the scriptures. So yes, let's get them the, for these For this point. Okay, let's go to Matthew. Let me get there again. I'm sorry. Matthew 12, 28. 12 and 28. Okay. 12 and 28. All right, and it says, uh, if I cast out the de- uh, the demons. By- no, let's, let's read up. Oh, read up. Um, one yeah, because I want um, go to. Uh, you want to start at 25 in that chapter? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so that's Matthew 12, chapter 12, and starting at verse No, 20. Tr- start 24. 24? Okay, all right, go to 24. But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, This man cast out demons only by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. And knowing their thoughts, Jesus said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan is casting out Satan... He has become divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if by Beelzebub I cast out demons, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can anyone enter the strong man's house and carry off his property unless he first ties up the strong man and he will plunder his house? Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, in the King James, it says in verse 28, it says, But if any cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. Or else, how can one enter into the strong man's house and spoil his goods except he first bind the strong man and then he will spoil his house? Amen. So, you know, this is good case in point, even right there. You read it from, you read it from, what was it? The, the New American Standard. The New American Standard, NSB. Uh-huh. And the King James, however, whereas yours says, he, well, read that, that 29th verse again. The 29th verse, okay. It says, or how can anyone enter the strong man's house and carry off his property unless he first ties up the strong Hold on. First he does what? Unless he first ties up. First he, he ties him up. Right? Uh-huh. Now, yeah. other, uh, uh, other texts um, even use different wording. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, they may say and, unless he subdues him, subdues him. Or, or or attacks him, mm-hmm. right? Uh, in the King James, it says bind. bind. Uh-huh. Right? Um, now, the reason these texts are important is because these are the texts that many um, who teach this unbiblical practice of binding and loosing use these texts mm-hmm. to communicate. See, the Bible says now, but what they don't do now is they don't use these texts in context. Right. 
right? They'll take this one text and they'll say, see, look, before you can bind somebody, before you can, you know, get your victories, you have to bind the strong man. Right. And so God has given you the authority to do the binding. You've got to go out and you've got to bind the devil because if you don't bind the devil, the devil is coming to your house. He's stolen your wife. He's stolen your money. He's stolen your job. He's stolen your peace. And you got to go and bind the devil uh-huh. <laughs> and get your stuff back. Amen. Now, I, yeah. I, I, and that sounds good. Sean, listen, I always said this, though. I don't want nothing. Mm-hmm. The devil done had his grimy, filthy, dirty hands. And, yeah, sloppy seconds is listen, not good. Every, everything that the devil took from Job, uh-huh. God didn't bring him the old stuff back and give it back to him. Nope. He gave him everything new, new and better. <laughs> and better. Mm-hmm. That's just, uh, that's the side point. Yeah. But the, the, the point is, is that, so they take these text these single texts right mm-hmm. um even in matthew right uh, uh 16 yeah they take that one text where he says i shall give you the kingdom of the king the keys of the kingdom mm-hmm. and whatsoever thou bound on earth shall be bound in heaven mm-hmm. as it is in heaven right right in in, in 18 he says listen um you, you know if your brother don't hear you, he said, um, what, what you, whatever you bind on, on earth, it shall be bound in heaven. Mm-hmm. They take these these texts and they don't take them in context. Right. They rip them out of their context. And, and you know that's dangerous. Why is that a dangerous thing to do? Well, taking it in context, I'll sum it up like this for the sake of time. As, as a little saying that I say that is a, a text without a context is a con waiting to happen. Wow. Exactly. Think about that for a second. Exactly. You know what I mean? It is. It's a con because... Listen, when when and if we're honest, yes, most of these people who are teaching this and telling you to do this stuff mm-hmm. are people who are telling you to drop money at their feet. Yes, and and, and you know, hey, you know, those of you with a thousand dollars get in this line, and so the thousand dollars, five hundred yeah. get in this line, and mm-hmm. thousand. Listen, it's all um, you know. I'm not gonna say all. Yes. But most of it is is a manipulation. It is. And the sad thing is it doesn't work. No, no. Because at that point in the game, what you what you realize is is that here it is, like you say, you know, if you do this and do that, you'll bind the devil this and bind the devil that. But then come Monday you still find out that you're still dealing with the same problems. (laughs) Absolutely. That you dealt with when you went to church on that Sunday. You know So why? So then why do people do this? I think I think that people in this day and age, right? Because, like, say for example, let me see if I can bridge this like this. Now, when Jesus used these terminologies talking to the disciples, right, mm-hmm. because of the culture and the time and things of that nature, if we're going to hopefully get into this, but they would they they would have recognized what he was trying to imply. Absolutely, by the term they knew of, what they he was saying. Right. He was they, saying. They, right. Okay. First of all, first well, of all, mm-hmm. these. Oh, I thought you was giving us. Yeah, I thought he was giving us a signal. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was too. That's our, that's our engineer, y'all. We thought he was giving us a signal. Yeah. Um, see, the, 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 in the Greek, which these words come from, yes. these are rabbinical terms. Yes. Right? And they came out of the synagogue. Uh-huh. So they understood. They understood. Clearly. They understood the, what Jesus was saying. Uh-huh. Right? They understood the format and 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 and. Even the metaphor that Jesus used in Matthew uh, 12 when right. he's talking about the strong man and buying up the strong man, it was a metaphor speaking not necessarily of, 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 of binding and loosing Satan right. from, from us doing that, but the, the 
eternal victory that Jesus would procure at Calvary exactly. to set us free exactly. who have been bound by sin. Exactly. Exactly. But, but go and ahead. So, and, so, and so to answer your question, right, I think that a lot of times what happened is because, once again, we, we – the, how can I say this? The church has gotten thirsty. Let me say it like that. Absolutely. Thirsty. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and while thirst is a good thing, okay, you know, like, you know, if you perch after running a couple miles, you want a glass of water. Mm-hmm. But in slang vernacular, there's a term for thirsty. <laughs> you know, yeah, I won't go into what it means. But for those of y'all that know what being thirsty means, just read between the lines. And so and I'm actually using thirsty in that context because. Instead of realizing the value and the power that we have in the word of God, right, we in turn want to kind of there's a lot of it that we want to uh, uh, make ourselves more powerful than what we want to be. There's this idea of, you know, of 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 making ourselves to be so super dynamic, you know, and things like that. You know, think about the apostles mentality, you know, when they was walking with Jesus in the first three years. Lord, should we call down fire from heaven? Come on. Right. Absolutely. It's the same mentality. It's the same mentality mentality okay and so so thus okay and jesus had to let them know you don't even know what kind of spirit you're of absolutely <laughs> you know and a lot of times a lot of these people they don't really realize the spirit that they're of because there's this this idea that if i uh, uh with, without having being rooted in the word of god but if i just use these phraseologies and really it's just regurgitation the stuff that you know that uh that they've heard for so long and it, to me it just shows that there's no true value of the word of god okay in this proper context and in this proper teaching and i think that in order to have that glow, that glam, or whatever the case is that comes with it. You know what? In, in, in essence, what, what we're saying is that, what it sounds like you're saying to me is that it, people are so desperate to have something that builds them up. Yes. Right? And makes them feel like they're powerful. Right. And then you've got these people out here that's looking at all these thirsty people uh-huh. and saying, and please don't take us wrong, but... W- it's it's easy when you see somebody that's that's going through and Satan is just banging them against their head and and now somebody comes and t- tells you well you can you can get him off all you got to do is say I bind you Satan exactly and now what that does is it lifts you up exactly. and it gets you in this place of pride uh huh well all that these texts do if if, if they're taught wrong is they put more focus on you exactly and take the focus off of God exactly and actually. That's the opposite of what the texts are really t- trying to get us to do. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah, that, that's a view. That's very beautiful. And then with that. Right. We also we also see that 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 it's, it's in a greater context, like you said, of not about you, but what it does with the whole body. Absolutely. And that's why I said at the very onset, when we look at the context of this, it's not about the, the quote unquote spiritual authority of you, because we said last week. Right. Mm-hmm. That 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 this kind of emotional spirituality that 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 this stuff is built on when it's out of context. Mm-hmm. It just creates, you know, spiritual base heads. Okay. Spiritual crackheads. If I could call it that without being disrespectful, because you, you, you just want that emotional touch, mm-hmm. but, but, but then, but then the emotional touch comes all about you and trying to make yourself powerful. And you might get that rush for a minute, right? But then, you know, but the reality will yes. set back in exactly. because demons aren't running because you say, I bind you. No, right. The devil no. isn't going anywhere. Matter of fact, we're going to give you we, real quick. We're going to give you what these texts actually talk yes. about. Sean, what, what, what are these texts um, 
predominantly dealing with. In the predominant sense, and this is what we want to drive home more than anything else. In the predominant sense, what we want to say is, and I'm just going to go full full throttle here into this, uh, is that we're actually talking about church discipline. Absolutely. Church discipline. All right. All right. And with Hold on, that, say that word. What, what that word again? Church discipline. Oh, my God. Ooh, my goodness. Man, you had you, you done got some people turned off right there. Yeah, I know. We lost some viewers. <laughs> we lost some viewers already. Church church. <laughs> Discipline. discipline, church discipline. You mean spankings, not spankings, and every correction. Yeah. Correction. Did, did we read that in the opening text? Exactly. That was the whole. God idea. says, though the, the people that I love, I chastise them. Mm-hmm. time. Exactly. But go ahead. It, so and, and, and that's what he's doing. Because again, now let's let's kind of just work through one of the scriptures that we looked at. I'm gonna try to break this down real quick. Okay. We had Jesus asking the question, "Who do men say that I am?" Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, they gave the 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 popular answer, if I could say it like that. Right. Some say you're one of the prophets. Some say you're Elijah. You know. Okay. Whatever the case is, but who do you say that I am? Uh, well, you're Christ, the Son of the Living God. Blessed art thou, Simon by Jonah, because we got no flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. So we see that correct revelation of who and what Jesus Christ comes comes from God Himself. Okay, right. so anything less than that, okay, is not Jesus. So, but in moving on, He says that upon this rock I build my church, and He basically let them know I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Now, when and you, the gates of hell should not, not prevail, prevail against, against it. it. Right. Now, keep that in mind. The gates right. of hell should not prevail against it. And I did a sermon on that, but we'll talk about that some other the time but uh but the gates of hell should not prevail against it now with that with those keys okay because in the principle of binding and loosing okay and and i want to make sure i get my turns right because i did some more little research on this and you know we always talk about hank anagraph right right and 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 hank i thought gave one of the best uh responses on i i actually have it here um uh if i can just read a portion of it mm-hmm. uh hank has this book called the bible answer book okay and 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 what I like about it is is that this is one of those questions that uh, came up. I, well, I had it here, but uh, here it is, right here. Okay, listen to this, and I'll try to read. Some, I'm not going to read all of it. I'll read most of it. Right? He says one of the most common expressions in contemporary church uh, Christianity is "I bind you, Satan, in the name of Jesus." Biblically, however, the phrase "binding and loosing" has nothing whatsoever to do with demons. First, when Jesus told the disciples, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven, he was not talking about demons, but discipline. In other words, the context of church discipline, watch this, those who repent are to be loosed, i.e. restored to fellowship. Those who persist in sin are to be bound, i.e. removed from fellowships. Demons are totally foreign to the context, okay? And so thus, because watch this, he gives this example too, and then we can talk about this from the book of Jude. He says, furthermore, humans are not authorized anywhere in Scripture to bind or loose Satan. He says, uh, even Archangel Michael, when he contended with Satan, did not tackle Satan on his own. Now Come think on. about that. In Jude. Yeah, in Jude, right? Now, the Mike, uh, you know, we get first revealed to Michael in the book of Daniel, right? Right, right. Yeah, and you see how he had warfare with the Prince of Persia. Exactly. That. So right. you can see that this is a warrior angel, right? right? But even this warrior angel himself did not tackle Satan on his own. Despite his wisdom and power, watch this. He called on God. The Lord God rebuke you, Satan. It's Satan. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly. It. And so, and so, so in essence, we want to understand this. That we want y'all to understand in the broader sense of it, and then you can definitely break it down from here, my brother. That we're when we talk about loosing and binding, the scripture, the, even the scriptures that we read or anything like that, has nothing to do with the idea of spiritual warfare in the context that you're binding or loosing Satan. Right. In other words, we're talking about church fellow church fellowship in the sense of discipline as 
far as restoration, okay, and in some cases even restraining so, or, or, or expulsion. Expulsion. And yes. so and so these two words. Remember earlier I said that um, when Jesus used these words, the uh, the apostles or the disciples would have understood him mm-hmm. from a rabbinical standpoint. Yes. So in the Greek or in the language that they understood, they used these words all the time. Exactly. And so they understood that the words that are used here in the Greek have the sense of omitting. Yep. Or permitting. Mm-hmm. And so what Jesus is saying, listen, what what you permit in the church has been permitted in heaven. In heaven. Exactly. And what you omit from allowing allowing to take place has been omitted mm-hmm. in heaven. Exactly. Now we see an example of this taking place in Acts chapter 15. Boom. Right? Exactly. So we'll ha- go go to Acts chapter 15. Um Hold up real quick. Mm-hmm. And so what happens real quick is that there was during the early church the first converts to to Christianity were Jewish. Um but Christianity spread abroad, went into other cultures. Those other cultures were uh, converts that we call Gentiles, Mm -hmm. such as ourselves. And so the Jews, though, because of their strict religious belief systems, wanted to impose those belief systems on the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. So what happens is that the word came to Paul. Paul and Barnabas took this the the debate because the Jews was like, hey, you know, these Gentiles need to be circumcised. Mm -hmm. And Paul and Barnabas said, hold on now. Let's not let's take it back to the church. And what they did was they took it back to the apostles mm-hmm. and the apostles had a conference and the end result was this. You got the, the text. Uh, we said 15 and where you want to start? Let's start at around for lack of time. Let's let's look at verse 25. Start from 25 and read down okay. to 20, 29, 25. OK. It seemed good to us having become of one mind to select men to send uh, send to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we have sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will report the same things by word of mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these essentials, that you abstain from things sacrificed to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from acts of sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves free from such things, you will do well. Farewell. So, that's binding and that's loosing. Mm-hmm. We, we, we're, we're, we are establishing that these are the parameters mm-hmm. that you're going to operate under. Mm-hmm. And these things are the things that are going to be precluded. You're going to be precluded from. Exactly. That's all. That's what binding and loosing refer to. It's the it's the establishment and the disallowment of, of different principles, actions and or punishments mm-hmm. that that the church as a whole is to make is, is to make assessment of according to the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit, the word of God. Amen. And, and here's the thing, too, because as I was meditating on this and you can give me your take on this. Right. Because I don't want this to be a, a Seanism. OK. But as I was thinking about uh, even like when you look at books like First Corinthians. OK. I think that this principle of loosing and binding, like as far as like the book of First Corinthians, you really see it as far as like how Paul does it. Right. I think mm-hmm. you see it quite a bit. Because when you look at the book of 1 Corinthians, you see that if you're going to study the book of Corinthians, the first thing that you need to understand is, is that this is a book of rebuke. 
Okay. Okay. You know, because you see the phrase, there's a certain mm-hmm. phrase. It starts in off there. with it. So, right. Yes. Because there's a correction, ter- rebuke. Yes. Right. Exactly. Because there's a term in the book of um uh in the book that's used throughout the book of First Corinthians, not and now concerning, and now concerning. Mm-hmm. And so and what I love about that verse is is that this basically sets up an idea that these were some questions that these this church had, right? And we need some apostolic authority to give us some insight into some of the things that's going on here. And when you look at this particular church, one of the reasons why the books of first and second Corinthians always amazes me is because of all the epistles and letters that Paul wrote, this church was probably the most jacked up of all the churches. (laughs) You're right. Carnal is probably an understatement. This is a church that had divisions, right? There was a guy that, uh, that had his, uh, his His father's, his father's wife. I say a stepmother, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, you cold, you know, when you can just have your your own stepmother or whatever, right? Or your mother, whatever. So there's all kind of morality. There was abuse of the Lord's Supper. There was abuse of spiritual gifts. There was uh, there was conversations about marriage. You know, there was so much going on. So Paul, under his apostolic authority, right, had to kind of come along and set things straight. Right. And there was even some things where Paul was like in the in the, in the areas, and y'all can study this uh, on your own because I would recommend reading the whole volume of 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 both First and Second Corinthians because when you read, bit, especially about the part where you had the brother that was sleeping with his mother or stepmother, whatever she mm-hmm. was, right? Paul gave some strong language to that where Absolutely. he said, D- "Deliver that man over to Satan." Satan. Right. Okay, that is discipline. All right, because we have to understand that even as evil as Satan is, okay, and even as powerful as Satan is. But now, hold on. Let's let's just bear with that because even if you read that text, it says. For he himself, uh huh, will you know would die, but his but that his soul, soul will be, be saved. saved. Yes, his soul will be saved. Right. So even even giving one over to Satan, yes. that that you really have to be cautious on how you interpret. That's why hermeneutics yes. is so important, exactly. right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because just because you know you use that term, give somebody over to Satan, doesn't mean that the individual is. Has lost their salvation. No, and that's you what know, I want right. to get to. That's exactly what I want to get to. It's, it's not. Di- it's this. It's that's what discipline. discipline is for. It's yes. It's not to 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 in the church because yes. if you're in the church, you you in the church. You in the if church. If you are the church, you're gonna be the church. Yes. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm no, no, no. You're fine because I'm glad you cleared that up because that's definitely the point I want to make. It's not a forfeiture of salvation, but when we understand the all-powerful sovereignty of God, mm-hmm. okay, sometimes God in His sovereignty in His providence. Will use Satan as that whooping rod. Come on now, okay, to bring you back into place. Absolutely, all right. And that's the problem with Christians today. Yes. Many of us, we don't want to suffer anything, especially Christians in America. Exactly. We we don't want to have to go through anything. No. We don't want to have to bear anything. We no. want everything to be hunky dory and uh-huh. you know pie and ice cream. Exactly. But sometimes we've got to go through some things mm-hmm. to get to some things. And come on, say it again. And that's the honest to goodness truth. And sometimes God has to do that and, discipline. And, and, to, to discipline us to bring about. About those hardships through discipline so that we can get that shift in our paradigm and our thinking. And this is why I love the volume of Second Corinthians, because we just talked about this, I think, recently. Because, again, you see the messenger of Satan. And this is Second Corinthians, Amen. right? The messenger of Satan, the right. thorn in Paul's flesh, right? It's true. And now, now we understand that it was allowed to happen to Paul, right, mm-hmm. for the sake of keeping him humble, Right now, he prayed to God three times. Okay, but you know, God said, "My grace is sufficient for you." And then, after he realized the sufficiency of God's grace, right, he realized, you know what? And I'm saying this to echo what you just said. Mm -hmm. He said, "Now I rejoice in calamities and distresses and hardships because that's when the power of God is resting upon me. And when I'm weak, 
That's yeah, when, I'm when I'm strong. strong. And so, so, so in essence, there was a dual context of thought going on there because on one hand, Paul was, 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 and this kind of ties into discipline because not only for himself, okay, but Paul was actually fighting for the souls of, 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 of the, of the Corinthian church for some people that he referred to as super apostles. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> That's what he called them. Right. They, they, all that apostles. Don't right, we see a lot right, of those right, nowadays right, too? Don't right. we see a lot of those too? And so, and so, so he was letting them know, letting him know that he's waging this war for them. Okay. Because these super apostles are coming in just like how the council was set up. Uh, when we read from the book of Acts, you know, some people was coming in saying that y'all got to be circumcised and y'all got to do this and do that. But it was the apostolic authority that set everything in order and in correction okay so that that church would be you know have uh, have some order if you will and have some guidelines that was already established in heaven all right so that we can you know establish it here on earth if you, you know will. let me say and, and that's an ex- perfect example of Matthew 12, mm-hmm. the, the text in Matthew 12, where it talks about um, the, the strong man being bound or yes. being tied up. Mm-hmm. Um, what Paul is doing there is he's really he's doing what Jesus had established to be done in John 20. Yes. Right? When Jesus says, whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted. Whoever mm-hmm. sins you retain, they are retained. Well, it sounds like that Jesus is saying that, you know, he's given the apostles permission to forgive sins. Uh-huh. Well, we know that can't be the case because right. Mark tells us, I believe it's Mark 4 or Mark 7 tells us that who can forgive sins but God. But God. Mm-hmm. No one can forgive sins but God. So God, Jesus couldn't be giving a a you know uh, a, a command that goes against the word of God exactly. So what does it mean then? Whose sins you retain, they are retained, and whose sins you remit, they are remitted. Mm-hmm. Simply what 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 Paul was doing in Second Corinthians, and it's the same thing that's, that 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 Matthew was talking about in in Matthew twelve. Mm-hmm. The whole key to church discipline and 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 binding and loosing is it it it. it The inaugural effect of it is at the cross. Amen. At the cross, Christ establishes the defeat of the enemy Mm -hmm. to every person who is not saved. They are bound. Mm -hmm. If you don't have the blood of Jesus, and that's going to be another one Mm -hmm. topic. If you (laughs) if you don't have the blood of Jesus affixed to your account. Yes. You're bound. The mm-hmm. devil has you. You you that 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 strong man, the devil is your strong man. Right. And 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 you're bound up in his house, right? Mm-hmm. The, the the house represents the the sinful world, the world yes. that we live in. The strong man is the devil who owns the house of the unsaved. Mm-hmm. And the goods are the souls that are inside that house. Exactly. Now, but what happens is before before God can get you saved, he's got to come and defeat the strong man. Exactly. So how does how does God defeat the strong man? He put his son on a cross and nailed your debt to that cross. Come on. And when he died for your sins, he was able to tie up the devil, tie up the devil. and come into his house and free <laughs> you from being bound. Exactly. So now when you accept Jesus... You become loose yes. from any kind of victory that the devil had over you. Come on. But now that puts you under the authority uh-huh. of Christ. Come on. And his discipline and how he says things are, ought to be conducted. 
So you don't have to go around binding and loosening the devil. First of all, you can't bind him. The, the no. book of Revelation tells us he's not going to be bound yeah. until after the seven-year tribulation exactly. period. He's He's been running free from the seeking, establishment seeking of this earth, and power. he's going to keep on running <laughs> free until Jesus comes back. Exactly. And binds him and throws him in that pit. Exactly. So how do how do we get free? By accepting Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, mm-hmm. getting to know His Word, mm-hmm. and allowing the Spirit to, to to form us and conform us to the image of His dear Son. Whew. You want the offering plate on that one, man? <laughs> <laughs> three minutes. Okay. So we got three minutes. Right. That was good. That's a good point to end that on. And so Amen. what we're going to do is, if uh, I don't know if we got any uh, any comments or any uh, if anybody wanted to call in, if there was any questions. If not, that's fine. We get ready to wrap up. Let me get that number again because yeah, we, we need again. to start giving that number. Yeah. Out. Matter of fact, if we can get a ticker to come with that number at the yeah. bottom two four eight eight five four nine eight five zero two four eight eight five four nine eight five zero if you've yes. got a comment uh, if you agree if you disagree, disagree. yeah you know know. listen we, we we know that there are some folks and, and this is the thing yes man you know I, I used to teach that um Jesus could have sinned mm-hmm and that's, mm. that might be another topic that we said you know when 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 he was led up in the wilderness right Tempted of the devil. I used to believe and teach that Jesus could have sinned, mm-hmm. but I don't teach that anymore. Right. Um, and I know that I got some well, I mean, some love brothers, some preachers and pastors that they still believe that Jesus could have sinned. It's, it's not really? essential. Right. I mean, it's just, I don't have to believe that he could or he couldn't be saved. But now because of my study and the view that I have on the natures of God right. and, and, you know, the divinity of Christ, I hope that he could not have right. responded. Was it? Then they'll say, well, that wasn't a true temptation. No, it is a true temptation. It is a true temptation. Just because you tempted Mm-hmm. Then it doesn't make it not a temptation just because right. you say no to it. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so he was tempted. Right. But and, and that's how these things go, man. Listen, the, the more you look at it and the more you spend time with God, you 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 begin to grow in the understanding and knowledge and the truth of his word. Exactly. I keep rightly dividing. And that's what we want to do. And so and get ready to close up. And, and this was a great discussion. This is a great discussion. Yeah. And, and I know we got many more to cover, but we really just want you all to understand more than anything else. And, th- and let me close with this. That's why I say that that understanding this principle correctly, because I think that what has gotten lost in the church is don't get me wrong. I I understand church hurt. Okay, Mm -hmm. I understand that. But the church still has to maintain a level of discipline. Okay, and that discipline is rooted in the word of God. All right. That that, you know, we just can't allow everything to just go. All right. Right. We 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 do uh, we, we do a detrimental effect to the testimony. If we just if we don't really understand that God does call us to have disciplinary methods and tactics that we get from his, you know, from the word of God and the leading of his spirit to help to make sure that the church is a functional living organism. Absolutely. So at the end of the day, so we really want y'all to understand that more than anything else. And it's not saying that brother Alvin or brother Shawnee, because look, there's been times I've had to come under church discipline. Okay. I have to be honest about that. I actually got sat down once. Okay. Amen. You know, and I had to, I had to be sat down. I had to, Amen. but and even though it was an issue of like my background, because, you know, had coming from a, a strictly Pentecostal charismatic 
uh, background that I had came from uh, originally, right, in the church that I was a part of was not necessarily part of that. That's kind of a different idea. But I understood what they were trying to do. Amen. All right. And that's why I went along with it, because I understood what y'all was trying to do, because I had to make sure that they knew that what type of preacher I was. I'm not a denominational preacher. I said I'm an expositional preacher. Amen. But but from the disciplinarian part of it, I understood what they were doing and I complied with it. Okay. So and discipline in and of itself is not a bad thing. Okay. Because like Paul with the apostles, and I'll say this in closing and I'll pass it back to you, sir, is that it's all done in love. Amen. <laughs> love. If you love somebody, if you love your children, you discipline your children. Amen. God loves us. He disciplines us as well. Amen. Amen. And so, you know, to just piggyback that, you know, we, we don't, for those of you who have believed this teaching um, for years and you might be struggling with, okay, so if I can't bond Satan, you know, how, you know, what I'm going to do, you know, if the devil's attacking me, let me, let me explain. And let me just say this. You don't become weaker by knowing the truth. Amen. You become more empowered yes. by knowing the truth. Mm-hmm. What you do under spiritual warfare, when you find that Satan is attacking you, um, Sean said it. Even Michael, the archangel, did not bring a riling accusation against the devil when they contended against the, where the body of Moses was. But what Michael did was he called on God. Amen. Come on. He said, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Mm-hmm. And my brothers, my sisters, this is the same thing we have to do. We have got to call on our God. Yes. You have the power of God indwelling in you. Everywhere you go, the Holy Ghost is with you. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we, we mess up because we try to handle things ourselves. And that's just the way the devil wants us to. He wants you to fight the battle. Mm-hmm. When we stop and stop just reacting to things and just take the time to just be still and think and just, just get a breath and then respond in the spirit of God. Yes. Call on your helper, the Holy Ghost, and you'll see that you have more victories doing that than you ever had trying to bind Satan yourself. Amen. Listen, we love you. Yeah. We, we, we thank you. How much time we got? We out, y'all. We, we got, listen. We <laughs> listen. Um, what, 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 what's, the, what's next week's topic, Doc? What's next week's oh, topic? Oh, man, we got so many. We might have to pull them in the head. Where do you want to go next? You want to go with the blood? Or yeah, go- the blood of Jesus. Yes, we want to go with pleading. Pleading the blood. Pleading the blood. Now, everything we talk about is not going to be something against. Yes. So you never know. You know, you got to tune in. Are we for it? Are we against it? What does yes. the Bible what say the Bible about it, right? So, so pleading the blood of Jesus. Next week. Next week. God bless you all. We love you all. Come let us reason together. Thank you.